How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. What is up, everybody? This is Ryan here with the Scale Up Show. So I have an awesome guest on today. I have Jeremy Slate. Jeremy is the founder and CEO of Command Your Brand. Talks about some really cool... PR hacks that you could leverage if you just got funding, want to get funding for your startup, want to create more sales, want to speak, some really fast, actionable items that he uses with some of his biggest and best customers. And we're sharing it with you today on this show. Welcome everybody to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley. And I have a very special guest with me today. I have Jeremy Slate. Jeremy is an entrepreneur, media expert, author, and CEO of, and founder, I'm sorry, of Command Your Brand. He studied literature at Oxford University, is a former champion powerlifter, which we bonded on because I was well, <laughs> and he helps visionary entrepreneurs impact the world and better mankind through podcasting and new media create to create, I should say, trust and leader status. Jeremy, welcome, man. Happy to have you on the show. Hey, thanks, man. I, I, I actually, funny enough, I, I finally hit uh, 455 on a, on a, uh, uh, four reps on deadlifts for the first time in a long time. So it was, it's, it's, it's been a good week, man. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's uh strong, strong, quite strong. I mean, that's, that's stuff you throw around in college. You don't want to do too much of that, but it's funny. I, I think we were talking about this before too. It's like, I get into that as well. When, um, I started deadlifting again and doing all the heavy lifts and, uh, mm-hmm. I hurt myself originally the first few times, but I got my form down and everything back stretching. So, uh, but that's awesome. 455 is great. Um, so, so why don't you do this, man? Give us a quick background on, you know, what you're doing, what you're working on today. I know you're Mm -hmm. a different guest, uh, that's not in the tech space, but you serve lots of entrepreneurs. So I thought it'd be awesome Mm -hmm. having you on. So can you give everybody just a quick rundown of, you know, a little bit more about who you are, what you're doing and what you're focused on right now? Yeah, so I, I've had a podcast since 2015 where I, I interview uh, you know world class individuals, and I've I've been lucky enough to to learn from a, a lot of great ones. And I also run a company called Command Your Brand, where we help people to be really great guests, find the right podcast for them, and help them get booked on those podcasts. Because I think public relations is one of the biggest things that's making people trust you and want to take the next step with you. And I think it's one of those things that brands tend to skip around because they're like, oh, there's costs involved, you know. What does this look like compared to, you know, my ROI on marketing and things? And the things you find is when your, your PR, marketing, and sales all work together like a, you know, beautiful little concert there, um, it, it works a lot better for your brand. So, so that's really what will help people to do. So let's dig into that a little bit. I, mm-hmm. So what would you say is, is the, the primary method of integrating all three of those with PR, marketing, and sales? Like, you know, I think, I think that's a great a great angle you're talking about because a lot mm-hmm. of people, people don't talk about it. They look at everything in silos. So, so the way I look at it, it's like kind of like a, a conveyor belt in some ways, right? Like, you know, you move from your PR into your marketing, into your sales and you can work it backwards as well because you, you look, take a look at it and you're like, well, sales aren't converting. So then the first thing you do is you take a look at your marketing. Like if your, your PPC campaign isn't working or your something's wrong with your AdWords. I know in the, in the past year, um, AdWords costs went up like 30, 40%, which has been kind of wild. So we had to change a lot of stuff there. And then you go back from there to your, your PR if, if your marketing's not converting. PR is what, pe- what makes people know you, like you, and trust you. 
And a public in this case is just a type of audience. You know, maybe you're business to business. Maybe you are uh, talking to industrial, like whatever it may be, whoever that public is for you. Those are the people that need to know you, like you and trust you so that when they see your marketing, they can actually take the next step. And when you're looking at PR, you know, a lot of times you're creating pieces you can market. So those are, you know, like different media features, news features, um, articles and publications you've been in. Speaking engagements is another really big one. Like speaking engagements is really a PR action because you're getting in front of groups where people can know you, like you, and trust you. So to really see success, you have to have your, your PR in place to make all three of those things work well together. Hmm. Okay. So, so what's the formula for a, uh, a great PR engine for your organization? Let's say you're between so, that seven to eight million range in terms of mm-hmm. revenue. So you want to take a look at, at, frankly, you know, if you're doing the basics, because a lot of people aren't doing the basics when they're looking at PR. Um, I tell everybody you should need to take a look at what your small pond is. And everybody has a small pond they're a member of. And what I mean by that is, you know, I grew up in a small town. It's five eighths of my own size. Nothing happens there. So if you run something in the newspaper, it's going to run, they're going to pick it up and it's, it's going to be featured out there. So these are your small media features you can get early on. And a lot of them have online components as well. So it's going to run in Google News. It's going to run on their site and things like that. So you want to grab your basic easy features first and then kind of use like the stair step method to go up and get higher level features. So you're looking at like, you know, contributing to Inc and contributing to Forbes and doing a lot of these different things. But you start with local media. Then you look to start writing for publications and, um, you know, then you can look from there looking at getting on some mid-level podcasts, looking at getting some um, speaking gigs at different events. One of the biggest hacks for speaking gigs, by the way, is uh, you set up a Google alert at alerts.google.com for the word call for speakers in quotation marks. And every time that events are calling for speakers, you're going to see that in your inbox. But you really want to get a lot of these basic PR actions in because I'll tell you right now, a lot of companies that are between seven and eight figures. They've skipped a lot of this stuff. And now they're like, OK, so this is what works in our marketing. And the marketing and things like that are a lot harder when you don't have these PR things in, in place. OK, I like that. I love that. And I think, you know, it's, it's good. Start small, start local and then build off that. Get in the Google News feed, uh, you know, stair stepping into Forbes or other publications, mid-level podcasts. And then the Google alerts. I haven't heard that before. So I love that. So. So call for speakers. Uh, so like, well, and also set up one for your name in quotation marks and your brand name in quotation marks. Because then anytime you show up in an article or, or a blog post or something like that, you're also going to see that in your inbox. Um, and, and frankly, one thing we do as well is every seven days, we also do um, on Google, you can search for like your company name or your name in quotation marks once again, because you don't want to get things that aren't relevant to it. And we always change the search terms to in the last seven days. So we're always looking for new media features. And we also have Google looking for us as well. Ah. All right. I think those are those are some great little little nuggets to to do there. Anything else that you do to expand off of that to to basically keep monitoring and maintaining that? So when you're looking at getting in like some of these these smaller publications, like I mentioned, it's writing press releases. And and HubSpot has a really great article on this that they update every single year. So it's how to write a press release in, you know, whatever year you're listening to this in. And um because you need to know how to write a good press release and you're sending it in. I think people have a misunderstanding about a press release too. It's not a media piece in itself, though it can be used as one. The purpose of of it is to get media to look at it, to want to do more with you. So that's how I've gotten TV appearances. That's how I've gotten other magazine interviews, newspaper interviews, things like that. But when you get releases out there, the goal is to create media attention to want to talk to you, not just be a media piece in itself. Because I see people all over the place where 
promoting these, um, you know, PR newswire posts and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, well, that's it's a press release, man. Um, so the real purpose of that is to get other get other media. Yeah, so almost like a lead magnet for the media, right? Yes. Yeah. No, it's one hundred percent what it is. Okay. Uh, so give me an example. So let's say you write it the right way. You leverage the the HubSpot tool, you know, mm-hmm. that, or tool or whatever the guide that they they recommend for that. Like, what type of output would you expect to see like that if it's done well? Initially, like your first one, you may see nothing. Honestly, it's the consistency of doing these things over time. You're going to see you know, a little bit of interest, a little bit more interest, a little bit more interest. Um, And if it's the right piece, you could see a lot of interest. So you have to take a look at what's newsworthy about what I'm doing. A lot of times people think about when they're putting together like a a PR press release or uh, a media alert or something like that. They're like, you know, new business opens. It's not really newsworthy. Like, you know, maybe you're veteran owned. Maybe you're, um, I did a a thing a few years ago where we raised money for uh, domestic violence awareness and it was called Strongman at the Fair. So we lifted all these like heavy things. I threw kegs over my head, all that fun stuff. That's newsworthy and interesting. And, you know, it's basically you're raising funds for something. So you want to take a look at what's newsworthy at what you're doing. And, and the question you always want to ask yourself is why should people care about this? And you can look at this in, in you know, like let's say, you know, you have a tech company coming out with a new product release. Well, maybe there's something really special and interesting about that as, as, as opposed to the previous version of that or what it does for the end user, whatever it may be. But you have to ask yourself, why should people care? And that's really, really important to when you're looking at getting media coverage. So, I mean, you, you brought about the idea of like throwing kegs and stuff like that. <laughs> that was fun, man. <laughs> Pretty extreme, right? Um, but like, so that reminds me of like P.T. Barnum, right, where he would mm-hmm. make everything into a spectacle to get eyes on it. I actually read a book. Have you ever read the book? Um, there's a customer born every minute. I haven't, but now I have to, I'm a, we're, so we're huge PT Barnum fans in my house. So now I have to check this out. Oh, you've got to check it out. Okay. So somebody turned me on. I got recommended that book from an entrepreneur group of men, and it's got so much about PR and marketing and it's like his 10, 10 rules of, of success in life. And, Mm -hmm. um, the really cool thing that made me just like connected what you're talking about is um at the time he didn't did you know he didn't create the circus until he's like 60 yeah like that, that's correct yeah and and so one of the things that i thought was like fascinating is that he sold 38 billion tickets uh and there was only 35 million people in the u.s at the time isn't that insane like they sold they, somebody too man <laughs> yeah he sold a lot right and that's like that's when stuff was like hard to get around right that's not yeah. like you just you hop on a, a quick plane and do it i mean that's a pain in the butt so people go it went once twice three times five times six you know whatever to to be able to get to that number is just astounding so but i love what you're talking so it has to be news newsworthy like what's your filter for for thinking through that a level deeper well, I, I want to add to something you just said before I, before I answer that, because that's a really, really good point you made there about about like the showmanship of it. And it's like it's why Super Bowl ads like though they you can't exactly always tell what they're selling. It's, it's why they're actually important. Right. Because there is a huge port of showmanship on it, because like people have so many different drains for their attention. And and I don't know about you, but like I, I can't stand like another social media platform. I'm like kind of I'm kind of like done after anything that came out five years ago. So you have to be able to break that attention and showmanship is really, really vital to that. Um, so that's, that, that's something that we, sh- you really should be concentrating on. Um, and when, when, and can you repeat your question now? Because I, I went and answered something you didn't ask and, and now I'm, I'm <laughs> lost out here in the oasis. 
That's okay. I kind of blacked out for a second there as I'm trying to remember it. Like as you're talking, I'm like, oh, what is it? Oh, one level deeper in terms of making something newsworthy. Yeah. So like, what, what's your, your mental frames as you go through that and trying to identify like, you know, how, how would you break that down? What would be your formula for creating something newsworthy? So it's not really a formula, but like it's more or less when you're looking at things that are newsworthy. So like, let's say, you know, veteran owned business. Like, okay, you could look at it and be like, well, that's nice. That's interesting. But the thing you want to look at it is, is it should say, make you say, whoa, I want to know more about that. Like, you know what I mean? That's how you know it's newsworthy. It, you go from that's it's, it's a scale, right? It's a scale you, on one end is Oh, that's, that's cute. That's interesting. Or the other one is, whoa, I need that or I need to know more. So you have to figure out how you can get yourself closer to really grabbing somebody's attention and making them say like, I need to know more. Or I need to know about this rather than just like, oh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's, that's nice because that's nice doesn't really stand out. You have to differentiate enough from a lot of different things that are out there. So you can actually, it goes back to showmanship, grabbing people's attention. So what, what have you seen work really well as that? Like, what, what have you like, and I'm sure you admire this and look through it all the time. It's like, wow, that's mm-hmm. amazing. I got to remember that. Or anything that you've seen that would be commonly known as is something that jumps out at people. So here's one thing that I instantly jumped in my head when you said this. Um, I interviewed this woman, uh, Amy, a number of years ago. And the way she was promoting her business was telling her story um, about surviving the Oklahoma City bombing. Mm. That is extre- extremely different. And, and it's interesting. People want to know about that. There are things like that in your life if you take a look at that. Maybe not that extreme, but there's something in your life that people say, I need to know more about that thing. And it may not always be 100% relevant to your business, but you need to grab the attention and use that attention to then talk about the business, right? So in this case, uh, you know, Amy survived the Oklahoma City bombing and she was able to then talk about the financial organization she created and how she was growing it and how she was hiring more people. But she grabbed attention with, you know, I could have never run this company had I not been through this experience because I was a, you know, she was overweight, she was behind a desk, she was whatever it may be, this experience changed her and that was the thing that grabbed attention. So it needs to be an attention grabber. Yeah, I'd say that. That's definitely unique and that cuts through. Because <clears throat> that, I mean, you know, like one of the things that I, I throw out to people that people are always like, what is that? Like, so what is this, like five, six years ago, um, I mean, it's the world finals for like daily fantasy football and competed for like a $3 million first prize. Like, this is kind of cool. You know, it's different, right? I so, drafted Tom Brady the year he blew his knee out. <laughs> oh, that's, that's brutal. That happened. Yeah. I, that happened like in the preseason, didn't it? Or was it the first game? It was, it was the like first game, up. man. He had like threw for like 12 yards that year. <laughs> so that's a complete anomaly. I remember when that happened. Totally devastating. Um, but let, let's talk about, let's circle back to podcasts, right? So yeah. that's what we're doing now. I have tons of guests, tons of people that listen that are on podcasts as well. So you mentioned getting a mid-tier podcast and then kind of leveling up. How would you approach that? Because uh, I know that's one of your specialties, right? In terms mm-hmm. of getting that, not just with getting guests, but then also being on shows. So yeah. let's look at it from both angles. So when you're looking at being on shows, it's about your value offering and what can you offer that no one else can offer, right? Because, um, you know, there's so many people that are doing the exact same thing, right? There's thousands of PR companies out there. There's tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of financial professionals out there. There's so many people doing the same thing. So you have to look at what is the unique value proposition I can offer this podcast? Because so many times people look at it and they're like, um, I need to promote this thing. Hi, podcaster, please promote my thing. Like if it's me and you're probably thinking the same thing, you're like, well, I definitely don't want to promote your thing. It's, you need to think about like what is in it for the audience and how can you help them? And when you can really take a look at it that way and look at how you can help that audience, 
that's how you're going to win with getting on a podcast. But you can't make it all about yourself. You can't make it all about how great you are. You have to make it about how you can help that audience. When you can flip that viewpoint, that's the difference. And it's the same thing when pitching a guest, right? You need to know what's relevant and what they're doing. Are they writing a book right now? Do they have a media campaign right now? Do they have a reason to be doing media that you should even be reaching out to them? And if so, okay, well, how can what you're doing help them? And and how is what you're doing in terms of the conversation you want to have unique? You know, I've had a really good rate of getting high-level guests because I'm very particular with what I ask them about. I don't send them a copy and paste pitch. Like I send them, this is the exact topic I want to discuss, how I want to discuss about it and how it matters to you. So because of that, we don't have to do a lot of outreach because there's a specific reason they're coming to us. Hmm. Okay. So give me an example of that. I know what you're doing, but I'd love to hear an example of like how you would approach it. Um, I'm trying to think of one I did recently. Um, so David Petraeus, who's the, the four-star general, former, former CIA director and, and everything else. Um, so I asked him a very particular question um, about... Um, something he was doing in, with leadership when he was in CENTCOM because he, mm-hmm. he had some, some really difficult things to handle when he was in U.S. Central Command in, in Afghanistan. So I asked him some particular things about what he was considering on his leadership in that time and then how that related to kind of the world today. So that's, nobody's asking him that question. That's a unique question. And, and it, it, that made him interested and it sparked a conversation and we were able to you know, do an interview from that. Um, or um, here, here's a funny one. So I'm a, I'm a big Yankees fan. And uh, my favorite player at one time was Nick Swisher before he retired. Um, so I sent Nick Swisher a picture of my 2009 World Series Nick Swisher jersey. And he's like, <laughs> brother, we got to have this podcast interview because it was, it was particular to him. I'm a big Nick Swisher fan and that's the way I approached it. So like you want to find out what's unique about the conversation you can have for them and, and what's unique about like kind of. Um, you know, the position you're going to give them because it's interesting. I feel like a lot of people approach guests about reach and if it's the right conversation, reach doesn't always matter. So did Nick come on? Did you get him on? Absolutely, man. And, and, uh, we, we chatted for 45 minutes. I'm like, um, and we were still having a good time. So I'm like, well, well, Nick, we're only booked out for 45 minutes. He goes, bro, we got to go for an hour 15. So yeah, we got, we got an hour 15. It was great. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Way to go, dude. So how much time does it take you to prepare that then and and really like fine tune it so you hit on the relevancy angle and, and the priority as well? It's a case by case basis, man. It's, it's hard to say, um, because at the same time, like I've, I keep a running spreadsheet of people I want to talk to. And there's a particular reason why I want to talk to them, right? I don't just add people to the list for no reason. So for me, I've already kind of internalized that reason. So it's, it's, it's kind of easy to write that if that makes sense. Now, the part that people miss out on, it's not like I'm having, you know, 100% of responses to my first pitch to people. It's the follow-up over the years and kind of also talking about what's relevant with them. Like I got to interview uh, Dave Asprey from Bulletproof Radio uh, about two years ago. I followed up with Dave for five years before we had that interview. So I was always trying to figure out what the thing that was relevant at that time that I was going to approach him about. And finally, um, you know, when, when one of his, his books hit, it was the right time. So you just got to kind of have the right combination of what you want to talk about in the timing, frankly. Yeah, that makes sense. So what, what, how do you systemize it then to, to keep track of all these, this guest and this outreach over time? Like, what, what's your approach to that? The biggest Google spreadsheet known to man uh, with columns dating everything. Um, as well as the last thing they said, the last person on my team, if it wasn't myself that spoke to them and um, the person that was spoken to on their team as well. So like this thing kind of looks like I'm a Unabomber or something, man. There is like so many names and, and columns and everything else. And we, we track everything like crazy. Um, and because of that, we've had a really good rate of, of talking to people over the years. 
Love that, man. Ah, see, I love having a podcast. Personally, I have met so many amazing people, kind of like what you're talking about. And especially since I'm talking to business leaders, it, it like transforms like what what you see, what you think is possible. Uh, there's so many benefits to it. So I absolutely love it personally. So yeah. I think it's awesome that you're you're helping others do that. You know, what would you say? And I know you have some things and projects coming up on it. But mm-hmm. what would you say are like the biggest learning experiences you've had from from guests that you've had on or some of the most insightful areas that you've had? Well, I'd say really it's understanding that, you know, each person needs to be communicated in a different into in a different way. So I've gotten really good at at kind of studying interviews people have done before they talk to me and finding out like, are their answers long? Are they short? Um, do they need more, pro, you know, more prodding to get the right, right answer out of them, whatever it may be. So I've gotten better at learning from people's communications and understanding how to approach the interview and mm-hmm. also making sure like I don't ask them the questions they always get asked because people get really tired of that super quickly. And because of that, they're just not interested in communicating with you. So for me, it's been really understanding my guests before I talk to them so I can have a better conversation. Like that's been the biggest thing I've learned. Okay, that's good. Who, so who's your favorite guest that you had on besides Nick Swisher? We'll, we'll keep him out. Swisher because... was pretty cool, man. I, I got to say, um, I, you know, I don't know. I've been inter- like, I'm a huge uh, racing fan. So I got to interview Elio Castroneves a few years ago. That's won the Indy 500 four times. Um, uh, Don Felder, who uh, was the guitarist for the Eagles when they wrote Hotel California. So that was kind of cool. Um, oh, no, just nice. like, just like a, 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 I'm a huge Green Bay Packers fan. So I got the chance to interview AJ Hawk. That was cool. So I've, I've, I've had a lot of cool ones, man. Yeah. I mean, it's quite a variety as well. You know, you're, you're talking football, sports, authors and aren't you creating a book out of, of what you've kind of learned over the years as well yeah it's kind of called unremarkable to extraordinary because i think people have all these false ideas about success and the thing i've learned like the more i do it is you know it's not easy it comes from consistency it comes from the power of adversity you know not caring what other people think and, and figuring out how to you know kind of go after that dream you want to chase and at the same time understanding like you know done's better than perfect and this really compiles a lot of the key knowledge and information I've learned from a lot of the, the people I've gotten a chance to talk to. And uh, I'm just super excited for that. It's coming out in June. That's awesome, man. Well, well as a friend of the pod, we'll have to uh, put that link, go back and reinsert that. So anybody that wants to check out the book can check it out. I think that's, that's fantastic. I mean, it, I literally said that to a client a couple of weeks ago, cause they're like, no, we need to keep refining this. We keep, we got to keep refining this. I'm like, we're on month four on a month two project, two month project. Like done is better than perfect. You literally just need to launch this and get feedback from the market and then adjust accordingly. So, um, so let's go through a, a couple of quick questions just to round things out because we're just about yeah. up on time. You know, something that I'd love to hear from you is like, what what's your favorite book you've read over the past few years? Uh, so good they can't ignore you by Cal Newport, and um, it comes off of a Steve Martin quote where they're like, Steve, how'd you get so famous? He's like, you know, frankly, I was just so good they couldn't ignore me. It comes from like consistently doing something, getting really good at it, and finding your passion in that. I find too many people want to chase passion before they like are any good at anything, and you got to kind of stink a lot before you get passionate at things, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good book. I got it sitting on my shelf right there. It's oh it's cool. It's queue. one of my favorite. It's in the queue. I've heard a lot of good things. Tom Billu talks about it a lot as well. Mm-hmm. That's like one of his things. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so what? Where, where do you see the future of, of business going? You know, in terms of PR, marketing, and in sales, where do you see the future of it going? Uh, you know, it's interesting because I think it's becoming more consumer driven. So I think people have to 
you know, realize they're not going to be able to force things on consumers anymore. And that's how, you know, TV programming has changed, radio programming has changed. So it's really driven more by the consumer. And I think those trends are really where we're going to see things going is what do people want? How do they want it? And that's, you know, why podcasting fits in well. That's why Netflix fits in well. Um, a lot of these different services because it's driven by what the consumer wants and when they want it. Okay. Last but not least, what advice would you give yourself now knowing what you know versus when you just started your business? Uh, you know, I would tell myself to just be patient and keep going, frankly, because I think a lot of times we don't want to be in the phase we're in, but you got to realize in order to get where you're going, you've got to kind of work it out and work through it and see what you can learn in that phase. So to me, it's, you know, be happy with where you are, enjoy the ride and, and, and keep going. Yeah, I think that's great advice, man. Well, Jeremy, it was awesome having you on the show. Where can people find you? Where can they find out more about your podcast? And, uh, and then we'll wrap things up, man. Yeah, so they can find us over at commandyourbrand.com. And we also mentioned uh, my book, Unremarkable to Extraordinary, which is coming out June 21st. So if they head over to getextraordinarybook.com um, and uh, order the book through there, pre-order or order it, they can get a free version of the audiobook and also our guide of 30 Days to Extraordinary. So it's over at getextraordinarybook.com. Love that, man. We'll, we'll definitely put that in the show notes. So can people have, is it live? Is Link live now and everything like Link that? Link is live now and they, they can pre-order it. They just got to come back with their, uh, you know, their uh, order number or either their receipt and, and uh, we'll, we'll get them all that stuff when it releases. Awesome. Well, thank you, brother. It was awesome having you on the show and uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Hey, thanks so much for having me, man. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.